Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. People with disabilities are still facing discrimination, poverty and prejudice, according to a wide-ranging new report by a coalition of Scottish charities. Equal Still Why Not has been published by Disability Agenda Scotland and it has gathered the views of over 80 people with a physical or learning disability, sight or hearing impairment or mental health problem. And to tell us a little bit more about the report, we have with us Leila Tyner from Disability Agenda Scotland. Leila, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Leila, this is a very comprehensive report. Just from the lead into this, it sounds as if there's a lot of negativity here, but were there any plus points? Are things getting better for some? Yes, I think that's a really fair point. Certainly, when we spoke to people in the focus groups, for some people, there wasn't um, a feeling that things had improved for them and a sense that certainly in terms of the way that people treat them has improved. But there was a sense more broadly that things maybe have plateaued or stayed still or even got worse for some people. So some of the positive aspects that have been highlighted are the kind of positive representation of the Paralympics and that experience, but that that's very limited. That's not really representative of the experience of lots of people who have a disability living in Scotland today. And unfortunately, a lot of the people we spoke to in the focus groups highlighted issues that they still experience around stigma and discrimination, even just going in for a coffee in a cafe or going to a shop or applying for jobs or education there were unfortunately quite a lot of negative comments that were brought up, but it doesn't represent the full picture. Interesting you mentioned the the Paralympics there, Leila, because I would have thought that the, the Paralympics, especially in London and the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, they, they were viewed by record audiences and it really hit home what the abilities of people with disabilities are. Um, I, I would have thought that had a real momentum, but is that really slowing now? It it seems so. I mean, the Paralympics did help to kind of broaden the appeal and understanding of what disabled people can do and their abilities. But it, it was kind of a small part of those people's experiences. And although the Channel 4 in particular did quite a lot around the Paralympics, it does feel that there was some momentum, say, four years ago, but really not a lot else has come out of it. A couple of um, interesting quotes uh, I'd like to just quickly mention here, Leila. And the first was, when you're a child with a disability, you're treated as cute and cuddly, but as soon as you cross that age barrier, 18 to 19, suddenly people become uncomfortable with you. Quite a shocking thing that it seems to be when you hit adulthood, things completely change. Yeah, I mean, that was something that was kind of a key theme in the report, that people felt that transitioning in particular from children's services to adult services was quite difficult and their experience changed. The children's services seems to have improved quite a lot in recent years and recent decades. But then when people moved to becoming an adult, the support for some totally disappeared or was just lessened for others. And that transition was quite difficult and people found that they had to almost fight more for what they were getting. So one of the recommendations that we have in the report is just to ensure that public services provide clear and accessible information to people and what they're entitled to and their rights. That certainly wouldn't cover everything that was raised, but we, we feel that that is achievable and really should be happening already. And then there is just the experience, sorry, of people out and about that's a bit harder to pin down, but it's more about stigma and discrimination that when they were younger, um, they felt more support and people were friendlier. And as they got older, 
people were just ruder or less helpful to them. Interesting as well, when people are older, you know, they may rely more on public services, they may rely more on the welfare state as well, all of those um, going through governmental budgetary cuts, so that must have a, a greater impact. Yeah, again, that's something that's really come up in terms of some of the negative comments and where people feel things have almost gone backwards is this idea of cuts to services, cuts to budgets, so things that were available, services, support, even kind of peer networks or groups that people can go along to, that that has lessened. So things that were available, say, 5, 10, 15 years ago, they're just much more stretched. And that's one thing that has gone backwards in all the coverage that cuts to disability benefits and other benefits have been receiving. And the negativity in the sense of the words like scroungers being used has worsened certainly over the last few years. Now, something which we cover a great deal, um, Leila, is around employment, you know, getting employers to take on someone with, say, a, a disability and inclusion in the workplace. And there's a, a quote here as well, which I think you know, relates to that. It says they needed not to be defined by their disability, but by who you are and to be judged by your merits, uh, not by a label that's been imposed on you. I mean, that, that to me is something which would reflect on employment, you know, everyday life, yes, mm-hmm. but employment especially. I mean, again, that's something that various people said. And I think within the focus groups and also when us and the members are out and working with people comes up time and again, some disabled people are on social security and benefits and might always need to be, whereas others are really keen and able to work. And actually there are barriers for them getting into employment. So what we are calling for as um, Disability Agenda Scotland, as the coalition, is for concerted effort by the Scottish Government, the UK Government and other bodies to reduce the disability employment gap because there are people out there who really would like to work and all the evidence shows that the outcomes in terms of their social lives, obviously their economics in terms of levels of poverty would be improved as well as health outcomes are better if people are in work. That might not be full-time employment. It might also be kind of volunteering as a stepping stone to employment. But there's a lot more that could be done to help people who are willing and able to work into employment and to focus on what they're able to do rather than um, some of the challenges they face or what they're not able to do. We have access to work, which has been uh, alluded to as the government's best-kept secret. Now, that is there to help people with disabilities in work. It will help pay for, say, assistive technology or a PA, travel to work, help for the the organisation as well. You know, there's there's lots Mm -hmm. of funding which can be utilised. So is it a mix of, say, access to work not really being known or understood and those attitudes, once again, that, that keeps that employment level down? Um, So there's a few things. I think um, access to work has had some issues in terms of budgets being cut, but also whether the support that's being given is available enough. And as you say, do people know it's there and are people being referred or able to refer themselves? And also the support that they get, is it personalised enough? So are the people who are helping on access to work, do they have specialist knowledge of different disabilities, whether that's sight loss or it could be for people who've got issues with mental health or other disabilities, that are they really providing the right support for people and advice to help those people get into work? Certainly, 
we've found that some of the budgets have been cut and with access to work being looked at by the UK government over the next few months and also with some opportunities being um, coming up with devolution that more actually could be done to kind of expand the programme and also make people aware that it's there. Something which I wanted to highlight as well, Leila, is in the report it mentions uh, a rise in disability hate crimes. Now, does it really say where the, the crimes are, are on the rise or are people just more confident about reporting them now? So, actually, I mean, there has been a slight rise in the numbers reported, but we understand from the police and from other organisations involved that they believe that there is still a massive underreporting of that. So some people might be more confident, but it seems that actually a lot isn't being recorded. And also what we found from talking to people is that a lot of what they experience probably wouldn't get reported as hate crime because it's slightly lower level. It's more people just being rude or name-calling on trains or other public transport or in shops, for instance. And so that there's a wider problem of lower-level name-calling, for instance. So one of the things that we have been calling for is um, a public awareness campaign funded by the Scottish Government or others, um, similar to the Mental Health Campaign CME, just to improve awareness and understanding of disability issues because because some of it's even just people being awkward and certainly I found when I've met with people in a cafe say they talk to me rather than somebody with a hearing or visual impairment because they're not used to dealing with someone and they automatically just speak to the other person. I certainly find off-putting and I think the people I've been meeting with have found off-putting and it's rude but in terms of trying to address that we think an awareness campaign was positive stories and support and training for people who are in service jobs or in public services for instance. What we've tried to do is recognise where there have been improvements and recognise where there are positive stories to be told but where the feedback has been from focus groups and people telling us that there are still challenges like employment, social security, everyday life. What are the things that we can be calling for that are tangible and credible and pragmatic and realistic to achieve and how can we, working with other organisations and the government, improve those things? Um, Acknowledging that some things have improved for some people but for lots of people they where even where the government has talked about making efforts, they don't seem to be being felt on the ground, and how can we change that? The information contained in this report will will help gain momentum, but is there support out there to pressurise, say, the Scottish government and the Westminster government to take this report further and act? Yeah, I, I really think there is. I mean, when we've spoken to other organisations, whether that's disabled people's organisations or civil servants or the government, there's a real interest in this and what can be done. And it's really important that DAS and its members work with others, including people who might be listening to this at the moment, about how we can improve things. And some of it is about having a discussion and then making the action work. Um, so there's definitely interest, and we're trying to mobilise that and work on that to make sure that there's real change. Well, a lot of uh, interesting reading in this report, and I'm sure you'll want people to, to have a look at this and to get behind and perhaps lobby uh, MSPs and MPs for change. So if people would like more information about Disability Agenda Scotland or, or this report in particular, how can they do that? Um, so the best ways of getting in contact would firstly to be go, go on the website, disabilityagenda.scot. Um, people are also welcome to email me, which is Layla L-A-Y-L-A, at disabilityagenda.scot.
Uh, let's hope many people do get involved and we'll certainly follow this and good luck with the campaigning with the governments as well. For the moment, thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.